Good morning. Welcome to Bethany. My name is Tom. How are we doing? Good. Oh, God is here. We sang that deliver me. There is deliverance in this place. God is here. There is hope. There is love. If you've been living without it, it is here for you. Uh, there is healing in his hands. There is power in his name. And we'll have a chance to receive even more from him uh, as we go forward. You can see uh, lots of kids uh, between the ages of three and fifth grade. They're going upstairs for Children's Church. God bless you. Uh, if you want to join them, feel free. We will card. Nobody over, nobody over fifth grade. No, no fair trying to get out of the, got out of the message. Okay, Acts 1-9. We're in a series called Acts to be continued. And it's to be continued in our lives, in our church, in our world. And it's great. Well, if you don't have a Bible, we got one here for you. We got you covered. Uh, just raise your hand. We, we've got a, a Bible. It's free for you. You can take it, mark it up, use it, read it. If you only need it for today, you can leave it. But it's yours. Uh, it's yours to use. Uh, while you're turning there, um, so many great things coming up. Next week, we have a baptism service. We now, thanks be to God, we have our own portable baptistry. Uh, after the 1030 service, we're having a baptism service. If you made a commitment to Jesus Christ, we've had a lot of people uh, just over the last few weeks receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. The next step is the public proclamation, the celebration of his life, his death, his burial and resurrection in, in baptism. If that's you, we desperately want for you to participate. We've got four people lined up already. Tremendous blessing. Come talk to Matt. Come talk to me after the service. Um, here's another way. On your information card in the bottom right-hand corner, if you want to fill that out and turn it in, uh, we'll be in touch with you this week. Come. It is always powerful and always a blessing. So we, imp- we encourage you to do that. I'm going to be passing around these clipboards. Um, if you've been here more than twice, we want you in the directory so we can keep in touch. This faith walk, this life with Jesus Christ is not a solo mission. Uh, this is a team sport. We need each other. We need you. We want to be able to keep in touch, be part of the directory. Um, and uh, this is a way to sign up and we'll, we'll get in touch with you there. Next week also, potluck. It's always fun. It's always filling. Fill your heart with the baptism thing. Fill your stomach with the potluck. Cook something tasty and it and, and doesn't even have to be good for you. Because in that context, it's like anointed. You know, it's in church. I, I think it's all good. It's all good. Um, the challenge we had last week was to think of the most awesome thing that Jesus Christ has done in your heart, in your life recently, and to tell somebody about it. Did, did anybody do that and want to share it? You did. Matt, way to go, man. How'd that work out? It did. Okay. How did, so you were able to share that with somebody? Come on, come on, come on. You have to talk into my cheek. No, no. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Oh, that's great. You know, faithfulness is a good thing. Taking God at His word. I'm on blue. Okay, Matt, you mind sharing with us? Okay. Didn't really know I was going to be talking today, but um, I don't know how many of you people know, but I actually went to Cambodia uh, the last couple of weeks, and I just got back about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of in a little bit of a funk, kind of like asking God, kind of my mind was just like racing, and I was just like, God, please set my life straight, let me know what's going on, um, you know, put my life 
because I'm actually graduating here in Maine. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So uh, I kind of like just prayed and I fasted so much, just asking God to uh, take over my life. And um, over that entire week, that week, two weeks I was in Cambodia, um, he pretty much set my life straight completely. Um, so, yeah, I'm moving to Canada, actually. Wow. And A. <laughs> and uh, I was really called by God to do mission work up there. And so my plan thus far, or God's plan, I guess, is to um, be homeless this summer and do street discipleship to the homeless people. And I've been telling people I'm doing mission work. I don't really have a plan out. I'm um, packing up all my stuff, putting everything in a storage unit, and living out of a backpack for a summer. And I'll figure it out once I'm up there. So, um, yeah, he just completely took over my life, said that the college degree doesn't really matter to do my work. You don't need to do that. I mean, it's, it's a good background, but it doesn't do any good to do God's work. You can be anyone. Um, so, yeah, it, he just took over my life, and I'm trusting him completely for the first time in my life. And, you know, it's just amazing. So that's all I got. And you were able to share that with some people this yeah, week? Great, great, great. Anybody else? Anybody else be able to share some awesome things this week? Okay. I'm assuming you did, and you're just shy, and you just don't want to. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. But, uh, and, and we also challenged you to, uh, to share God's work and uh, help spread his good news by bringing some friends. So uh, I, I pray that you've done that. Uh, if you're here, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's got a lot for you today. If you're just checking out, who he claims to be and his word. You're welcome here. There are no perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. So you're in good, good company and we love you. We're glad you're here. Um, Josh Pierce, you got to share. You, I, I brought the mic up, but uh, there's so much. God is so active in our church, in our lives. Um, and we've got a lot of reason to praise him. Uh, and Josh is going to share a little bit about one particular reason. I can get through this without crying too much. Um, we serve a big God. Uh, uh, many of you here, we've been praying for Mike's son, uh, Jesse. Um, under 30, diagnosed with cancer. Um, a couple weeks ago, the doctors told him the chemo wasn't really working and they were going to have to change some things and prognosis wasn't good. Um, for those of you that have been praying and and here, um, Friday, uh, Mike got a call from Jesse. Doctors called him back in. Wouldn't tell him why. You know, he thought his world was falling apart. How long do I have? Do I have a month? Um, doctors said, you know, three weeks ago your counts were at 14,000. Um, your latest test come back, they're at five. You know, we don't understand. We want to rerun all the tests, all the checks. You know, God confused the wisdom of the world. Um, and that's just an awesome praise. You know, um, if you guys have things like that in your life, um, on the bulletin, there's a prayer request form. We're here every Wednesday night. Um, if you guys want to be a part of it, 7 o'clock. If you don't, if you just need prayer, you can fill out the prayer request. You can show up and bring your prayer request. But we serve a God that still does miracles. I look at the college section. I mean, we're praying for the college and the town. You know, he still does miracles. He does. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Oh, God God is into showing off. 
showing up and showing off uh, so that uh, he can be glorified in all the earth. So we got a, we got a time in his word now. Uh, Acts 1, 9. Before we dive in, I, I just, uh, I've always, uh, I think I, I collected comic books as a kid. And in the back of the comic books, for those of you who are older, you know there was always like a hovercraft that was advertised. I was always drawn to that, a hovercraft. But, you know, I had a limit. I always wanted to do that, to build that. I took apart my, my mom's vacuum cleaner to try to figure it out, right? Got in trouble for that. But the problem was the limit was like 125 pounds. By the time I learned how to read, I was already over that. So it was a little bit of a problem. But then I'd watch things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, but my favorite scene, Brittany, was in that when the car takes flight. You know, it was just something about elevation, of ascending. And little did I know, but I believe those were, those were God-ordained desires. And today we're going to take a look at Jesus' ascension as he physically left the ground and rose up and entered heaven physically. And it is, without a doubt, the most amazing and uncelebrated ignored major miraculous piece of our historic faith. I mean, think about it. You have that debate about whether your family this year is going to have a live or artificial ascension tree? No, you don't. We don't celebrate Ascension Eve by going up in a hot air balloon or releasing helium balloons and singing Ascension carols. You know, there's no Walmart Ascension sale. There's no TV specials. There's very few sermons on that miraculous event. And so because of that, I think that sometimes we, we, we don't understand, we don't lay hold of all the truth and all the power that comes from that, all that Jesus wants us to know and to be infused with because of that. And so that's what we want to do. And I think as a result, sometimes our faith, sometimes our spirits, sometimes our souls are tethered, tethered to the probable and the likely and the run of the mill. And we've experienced this before. So that's how God is. And that's his limitations. When God wants us to be set free. And our spirits to be elevated. And, and, and ascending with him. Into the realm of the miraculous. Of the unfettered. As he advances his kingdom. And uses his people in ways that in most times we're not bold enough to imagine or pray for. And so that's, that's our prayer. Our goal this morning is to live in the reality of the ascension. There's so much there. We're going to dig into it. Let's pray. Father, you have already done so much in our midst just this morning, touching hearts, changing lives, healing, delivering. Lord, we ask for your touch. We ask for your anointing. We ask for the power of your word to work its way into our hearts, our deepest selves. Lord, we, we cast out Satan. We bind him and his servants in all their effects. Lord, I, I, I come to you in deep repentance and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and they are many and that you would use me to, to bring faithfully forth your powerful, life-changing, eternal word and that we would receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You ready? Let's go. Acts 1, verse 9. We're going to start there and I'm going to read you the text and then we're going to go back and unpack all of the incredible things that, that God has for us here. Here it is, starting in verse 9. After he, Jesus, said this, 
Jesus was taken up before their very eyes. These are the apostles. They're watching. And a cloud, after he had risen a while, hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently. They were staring up at the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white, these are angels, appeared and stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. Now, I don't know if you're note takers. If you don't have a pen, there's a basket of them over there. You can get it from Roy. I encourage you to take notes because we're going to go quickly. We're going to touch on a lot of scriptures. There's a lot to read up on, study, meditate on. Let it find root in your life. So I encourage you to write down the main points. Write down the scriptures. Talk about it in your small groups. Pray over it and, and until the reality of what we're, what we're brought today by God's word finds its home in your life and transforms it. So uh, I just encourage you to do that. Here we go. Verse 9. After he said this, stop. After Jesus said this, what? What did he say? Well, we have to go back to last week, to verse 8. Now, now, just, uh, just a little plug here. Um, it's important, especially when we go through a book, verse by verse, that, that everything, you realize that everything hinges on the thing before. So if you if you weren't with us, I encourage you to listen to the podcast, go to the website. And if you ever have to miss, do that before so that so that the fullness of what God is saying can really find its 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 home in your heart. Um, uh, You wouldn't watch 24 or lost if you didn't go back to the to the episode you missed and had TiVo. So this is sort of our TiVo for you to keep you up. I want you to do that. Okay. How much more we're going to do that for the story of Jesus uh, if we're going to do it for Jack Bauer or whatever, whoever he is. Okay, so after Jesus said this, what did he say? Verse 8, here it is. We covered this last week. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we looked at that last week. We looked at that last week. We said verse 8 is the key that unlocks the book of Acts. It is the key that unlocks the purpose of the church. It is the key that unlocks our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. It is the key. And you say, well, that doesn't unlock. That's not me. I'm not a paid full-time minister to be a witness to, to our town, to our college, to the surrounding areas, to the ends of the earth. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is your purpose. This is the reason why you say, but I'm a student. I'm into construction. I'm into education. That's what I do. I'm a teacher. I'm, uh, I work in a restaurant. I work here. I work there. That's the how. That is the how of your life. The how your life unfolds the how you do life. But how is the surface? To get under the surface, why? Why do you do that? Why you do that is to be a construction worker or a teacher or a waiter or a waitress or a business person or a student or a boyfriend to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ as a parent, as a husband, as a wife in all that you do. That is the why. To be a ski person. You do that. That's the how. The why is to advance his kingdom, to bring Christ to people, to bring people to Christ. That's the why. 
And that's what he has to tell us today. So we want to look at that. Last week, very quickly, we said Jesus wants the world. Jesus wants to be glorified in all the world for our entire life to be poured out and pointing to him, celebrating his goodness and his grace and his power and his mercy, and that we want to point to him. The second point was that it's not finished. It's not finished. This call is not finished. We got more churches in our town than restaurants that have silverware. So, and, and, and still 80 to 90% of people are still far from Jesus Christ. And so that's a calling to us to go and to show and to tell because it's not finished yet. And finally, the third point was Jesus wants you. He wants you not only to be a person whose every area of his life, every relationship, every transaction, everything that we do points and celebrates his goodness, but he wants you to go out and spread the word. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. We're going to see how that miraculously happens in Acts and how that will miraculously happen in your life, in my life, in the life of this church. And it will revive and reach this community and this college that has never been done before. We are believing God for huge things, huge things. And it will only come through the faithfulness of his people and us being desperate for his Holy Spirit to be in us and through us. So we're looking at that. So verse 9 continues. After he had said this, that's what he said. He was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. Now, we're going to take a look at what happened. Jesus physically left the ground and continued rising. Luke, who wrote Acts, ended his gospel by giving it a little bit more detail. He said this happened in a town known as Bethany. Very interesting that it would happen again in our midst this morning is my prayer. So Jesus led his apostles to Bethany. And, and Luke tells us at the end of his gospel that he raised his nail-scarred hands over, over his friends, over his followers, and he began to bless them. And as his hands went up, his feet went up. His whole body was elevated. And we want our faith to be elevated as Jesus rises. And Jesus rose, and he kept going, and he kept going, and they kept staring. And he, he disappeared in the clouds and continued on, and they just stood there. And I can imagine, I can imagine like Peter. Peter's kind of outspoken. He's kind of like uh, out there. And he just doesn't have that filter. You know, he just says what's on his mind. I picture Peter just standing there in the silence and just going, that was awesome. That so just happened. Wow. I mean, think about it. His Lord, his Savior had just proven himself unstoppable, an unstoppable force. He had just defied gravity. Just defied gravity. He was unstoppable. He was unlimited. He was unrestrained. And that same power is the power in verse 8 that he promises that we would be unlimited, unhindered, unrestrained, and that our faith would be elevated. And they stand there with their mouths open. Can you imagine how awesome it is? Look at David Blaine. I don't know if you're a David Blaine guy or not, but he's got this trick where it looks like he levitates. He goes up like two inches for like three seconds, and everybody loses their minds. Can you imagine Jesus in the body elevating, ascending into heaven? It's amazing. We take a look at this from two points of view. That was the point of view of the apostles. Now, just like a movie where you see the same occurrence from two points of view, you put them together, and, and the full story starts to make sense. What's the point of view from heaven when he's doing this? glad you asked. It is the answer to Jesus' prayer the night before he was crucified. It's in John 17, 5, 
And Jesus is praying. Jesus is praying this. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. See, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas morning. He was born as man, but he was God. He was God long before that. See, for all eternity, he said, glorify me with the glory that I had. And so he is, he is praying that this would happen. And this is what is happening. This is the fulfillment of, of his prayer. Before creation, Jesus was on his throne in glory. And then when he came, he lived a life that we couldn't live. And he died the death that we all deserve. In the cross, for our sins, in our place. And then he rose again. And now he has ascended into heaven. And as he enters the gate, all heaven breaks loose in the most glorious celebration you can ever imagine. And beyond that, and the Psalms tell us what that looks like. It is amazing because the victorious warrior and king has come home after having defeated his foes. And Psalm 24 goes into what that would look like. It starts in verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates, you gates of the holy city. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in, that Jesus may return. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. One theologian has said that the ascension of Jesus back into heaven is much like a triumphant and victorious warrior who, after a long season of battle and having defeated his foe, has returned home victoriously. He is, he is now reigning. It is a coronation. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the risen one. He is triumphant. He is victorious. He is Lord and all heaven pours out its praise, pours out its praise. Let's give him some praise this morning. Lift him up. Lift him up. He is worthy. He is worthy. Not golf applause. Not like... He is worthy of everything that we can pour out. And this celebration is continuing to this day in heaven. And it's to continue in our lives a celebration that Jesus is victorious over Satan, sin, and death. And we want to live in the reality of his ascension and his coronation again as King of kings and Lord of lords. So why does he leave? Why did he leave? He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. But in reality, he didn't leave. He, he came and he, he, he ascended to be with us in an even greater way. And we take a look at this in John 14. John 14, 12. Jesus says to, to his followers, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do what? Say it with me. Even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. He left so that he could send the comforter so that we would do even greater things. How common is this? That followers of Jesus Christ, that churches that worship him, do even greater things than we saw him do, that we learned that he did during his earthly ministry. That's his plan. That's his plan. That he would work through you in an even more powerful way. How often do we see that? Now, now this leads us to, to draw one of two conclusions. Either Jesus is lying. Well, we're not tapping in to the full power that he spoke of in verse 8. That he has given us the power equal to, let's say, the electrical grid for the United States, right? He's given that. He's put that within you as his follower, as, a, as 
the vessel of His indwelling Holy Spirit. And we're standing around singing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it... Nothing wrong with the song, but you have power. You have power to reach this community, to reach this college, to let Him work through you in ways even more miraculous than we saw in His earthly ministry because He's going to the Father. John 16, 7. Why did He go away? John 16, 7 says this, I tell you the truth, Jesus said. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. In two weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit is going to be more powerful than we can contain. He's going to break in and break out in such wonderful ways. You've got to be here. got to be here. Jesus limited Himself during His earthly ministry to being in one place at one time, willingly, as He was fully God and fully man. Through the Holy Spirit, Everywhere, at all times, 24-7, 365, access. He is in you as much as He is anywhere. He is beside you. He is before you. You have the power. You have the calling. So that's why He went. What we want to take a look at today is, what is He doing? What is He doing now that He's ascended to heaven? There are four faith-elevating, soul-elevating things that he is doing, that, that it's important that we grasp a hold of because it will change our walk with him. It will change our faithfulness. It will change how powerfully he can use us. It will change our lives from the inside out. We'll never be the same. The first soul-elevating, faith-elevating thing he is doing, if you're taking notes, is this. He is sending the Holy Spirit for you. We just read that he's sending the Holy Spirit. That's what he's doing. John 16, 7. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. So that you will have the power, so that you will have the access to be able to go with him on mission. The mission that we looked at. The mission that is the purpose of this church. To bring Jesus Christ to people. To bring people to Jesus Christ. To advance his kingdom. That's what it's about. Because there's coming a day when everything that we've given our life to We're going to look back, then if it is not eternal, if it is not eternal and not lasting, we'll have regret. This is His calling, and we can latch on to it now, because His Spirit is given for this very purpose. The second faith-elevating, soul-elevating thing He is doing, now that He has ascended, is He, this will blow you away. Let the truth of this penetrate your life. Just focus in on this. Let His Word just find its root. He is praying for you. The risen Christ is at the right hand of the Father, praying and interceding for you. That's awesome. 1 John 2.1 My dear children, I write to this so that you may not sin. But if anybody does sin, and, and as we said, there are no perfect people, but we serve a perfect God, right? But if any of you does sin, We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Say that with me. Speaks to the Father in our defense. It is Jesus Christ, the righteous one, presenting his blood as a sacrifice, presenting his his scars as the version of God's wrath. He is interceding for you. He is praying for you. It goes on in Hebrews 7.25. 
This is wonderful, this scripture. Therefore, he, Jesus, is able to save completely every area of your life for all time. If you're worried about falling out of favor with Jesus, we don't live, as one friend taught me, for the favor of God. We live from the favor of God. Do you understand? Do you understand? Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him, through Jesus Christ. He's praying for them because what? Say this with me. He always lives to intercede for them. Always, at all times, right now. Picture this. Jesus Christ is before the Father at his right hand and he is praying for you. He is praying for you that you would be successful and you will be anointed and you would be empowered to do what he has called you to do. Not our own, not just our own goals, the, the how that we talked about, but the why. That he would use your how as a student, as a worker, as a mom, as a husband, as a boyfriend, as a girlfriend, to advance his kingdom. He is praying for you to say yes, to be redeemed, to be restored, to be delivered as we sang. He's praying for that and that we would be one and we would do it together and that it would be a light on a hill and we would go out and we would preach, believe and live to those who are not and are dying. Not so we can add a notch on our belt, but because this is too wonderful to keep to ourselves in one day, one day that is all that will matter to you. Let's make that day today, today. Jesus is praying for you. Have you ever felt as I have that your life has caved in? That your relationships cannot be healed? That your marriage can't be healed? That your friendships can't be restored? That your mistakes and your failures and your sins can't be covered over? That your memories and your mind and your past cannot be healed and covered and redeemed? That your broken heart can't be fixed. That your finances can't come together. That your life can't count for something. That you can't be used. Here is hope. Here is joy. The risen Savior, the King of Kings, is interceding and praying for you. Praying for you. And if He prays, there is no limit. There is no restraint. Do you need hope? Here's hope. Do you need joy? Here's joy. Do you need intercession? Here's intercession. Jesus Christ is praying for you. Live like it. Speak like it. Love like it. Relate like it. Plan like it. Risk like it. Jesus is praying for you. Go out and be bold and live loud for him. Reach out to places that you never thought you could reach out to. Aspire to do amazing things for Him as He works through you. And He prompts you to things that are far more glorious than you ever would have thought on your own. Greater things than these shall you do because I'm going to the Father and I am praying for you. Live like it. Live like it. Third thing. Life-elevating, soul-elevating, faith-elevating thing after His ascension that Jesus is doing for us is preparing a place. He's preparing a place for us. John 14, 2. Many of you are familiar with this verse. provides us with hope. Jesus is speaking. He says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. 
Your translation may say mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there. He has ascended to go there and prepare a place for who? Say it with me. For you. Right now, follower of Jesus Christ, there is a place under construction, a home for you that Jesus is preparing. He's preparing for you. Now, maybe you watch MTV Cribs. I, I have... I've been known to tune in once in a while. And you see all the bling and you see all the rooms and you see all... You know what? That's a garbage dump compared to what's going on up there. And it's for you. But beyond all the amenities, beyond all what that would be like, the, the truth is to live in the Father's house is beyond what we could hope for. To live in the Father's house. How many of us have spent our lives on a search for a real home? regardless of how you grew up, regardless of where, a home, a place where you really belong, where you're really loved, where you're really cherished and encouraged, you fit there, you belong there. It's home, it's safe, and it's wonderful. There's a place being built for you that is exactly that. Here's the the flip side of that. Here's why it's such a big deal for us now. Through the Holy Spirit, our marriages, our friendships, our dating relationships, our church, they're to be appetizers of that. They're to be previews of what that's like. This church is to, is to follow Christ until it, it, it reflects that home that is going to be ours. Your relationships, your home, your family, your friendships, your school, your workplace. Jesus wants to use you, put His Spirit in you, until that place feels a lot like that place. And He's given you power to do it. He's given you power. That's our call. Why did He do it? Why does He assure us that there's a home for us, a permanent, glorious home? Because He knew what we were prone to do. Spend a lot of our time, an inordinate amount of resources on building a place that's temporary here to, to fill our lives with stuff. When we're just renting, we have a permanent home there. And guess what? The mortgage is paid. How great is that? That's where we need to be pouring our energy. That's where we need to be pouring our resources. That's where we need to be pouring our, our focus. There's a home waiting for you. We spend all of our resources so many times on things that don't matter. This church needs it. It's work of reaching the town, reaching the college. Giving update. March has been brutal. There's no other source of revenue for this church than the faithfulness of God's people. We believe He'll provide. There's everything that we need to do all the work that He's done. Some of it is still in our pockets, though. And He's calling us to invest in His kingdom. We've got the giving kiosk out there. I ask you to use it. Give to God's work. You can give online. You can give in the offerings. It's not about money. It's about inviting Jesus Christ to be Lord of your finances and investing in His eternal work. I encourage you to do it. We've got a home. Last thing, fourth thing, that is life-elevating, soul-elevating, faith-elevating after Jesus' ascension. 
that he's doing right now is leading in the battle. He is leading in the battle for you. He left to take command central, to lead the air war, okay? And, and, and now he is indwelling us as we join him in the ground war to storm the gates of hell and set free those he loves, those we love, those we're in relationship with who are still held captive by Satan, sin, and death. He wants to set them free. And he wants to use you to do it. The end of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew talks about this. Jesus says, Behold, all authority has been given to me. So go and make disciples. Go do it. Go do it. In your school, in your workplace, your home, in your neighborhood, your family, your friendships. Show and tell. He will provide the power. He says, Behold, I am with you always. So he's going with us. He's leading the ground war and leading in us, uh, leading the air war, leading in us for the ground war. So given all this, in light of all this, what is to be our response? What are we supposed to do? Let's go back to Acts and see what the apostles did. They were looking intently up at the sky. They're still there. They start at the beginning of the message. They're still there. Their mouths are open. You know, you picture like the seasons changing, the sun going up, and their birds like building nests in their mouths. Uh, and, and they're just standing there. And then the angels appear. And they say in verse 11, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking up into the sky? Why are you stargazing when what, what Jesus said is earth? He says, I want these people, all these people that I love, that I gave my life for. I want you to go out. They're looking up. I want you to look out. The fields are white for the harvest. Go. Go tell. You've got the power. You've got the calling. You've got my prayer. You've got my Holy Spirit. Go. What else are they doing? They're looking to the past. Last place they saw Jesus. Jesus is in the now. Find out what he is doing now and join him in it. He is moving in our community. He is moving in hearts. He is moving in people's hearts who are far from him. See it. Speak into it. Show and tell. Be my witnesses. Where to go? They're saying, snap out of it. Move on. Get in the game. And some of us need to listen to the angels' words as much as the apostles needed to in that time. We need to go. Don't loiter as if you had nothing to do. Go and do it. This same Jesus... This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back the same way you've seen him go into heaven. After the word goes out, after everybody has been presented with the hope of Jesus Christ, after we've done what he's called us to do, he's returning. He's returning. He's coming back. There's hope. I'm coming, he says. You know, we can hang on or we can be about what he's called us to do. That's his call. That's why he's done all that he's done. To not just restore you, forgive you, redeem you, but to use you, to send you out, to be a blessing, to speak life into people, speak hope, speak his truth, his gospel. 
Call them to Him. To His life. That's the plan. And as His church did this, He worked through them in awesome, mind-blowing, miraculous ways. And as we are faithful, we will see that transpire, happen in our lives, in our families, in our church, for His glory and the blessing of His town, His college, and His world. That's what's about to take place. Say yes. Let's pray. Jesus, You are an unstoppable, unhindered force. Through Your resurrection and Your ascension into heaven, we've seen how much You're doing on our behalf. Also that we might go. Lord, I come to You in repentance for not having made use, not being desperate for Your power, not having answered Your call, not having been about Your business, being distracted at building my own home rather than leaving that to You and being about the things You've called me to do. About. Lord, there is grace. There is always grace from You. There is always mercy. We praise You for that. Lord, there are some here who want to enter into this life of elevation. Lord, that our faith might be lifted up. That we might see with Your eyes. Feel with Your heart. Speak with Your voice. Serve with Your hands. In ways that we haven't done it before. If that's you. If you want Jesus to do a fresh work in your life as, as, as His servant. You want Him to empower you in a new and fresh way. To do in you what, what He's been doing in Matt. To do in you what He's been doing from in so many others. Lift your hand to heaven. I'm gonna lift your hand to God. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over the place. You want to be used in a fresh, new, and more powerful way by Jesus Christ. We're going to pray. God bless the two of you. God bless you here. Let's pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's go to, let's go to him in prayer. Father, Lord Jesus, for everything that you've done, we want all of you for all that you want to do. We want to be vessels that you can use for any purpose. And your purpose is this, Lord, that we would glorify you and that we would, we would be a witness for you in this town, in this college, in our relationships, in our workplaces. We thank you that you've given us the calling. You've prepared the way. You've given us power, immeasurable. Lord, if we could see it, if we could just know it. But your ascension is the end of us walking by sight and we're going to walk by faith, Lord. We're going to do it. Not because of our resolve, but because of your promise. Lord, we lay ourselves out before you. We ask you to indwell us in a new and fresh way and send us out. We thank you in advance for the blessing you're going to be to other people's lives through us. Still praying. There are some of you who hear the good news that Jesus has a plan, that he loves you, that he came and lived the life you couldn't live, that he died the death that you deserved, and he rose again that He wants to forgive. And as you hear this, God is stirring in your heart. You feel it. You sense it. You know it. But, but in all of that, you feel like you're on the outside looking in because while you sense and you believe that it's true, you've never 
asked it to be true for you personally. If you would say, I want that relationship that you've talked about, that the Word of God talks about. I know that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior, but I want Him to be my Lord and my Savior because I need that hope. I need that forgiveness. I need that life. I know what it means. I know what it feels like to be desperate, to be broken over the decisions that you've made, the sin in your life. He asks you to come home, be cleansed, receive new life from Him. Let Him raise you up. God is speaking that to your heart. You've never received Him. I ask you to raise your hand to Him. We'll pray. You could receive Him right now. Your heart is your Lord and Savior. He's speaking to you. I'll pray with you. Just lift your hand. I want to go with you, Lord. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want to give my life to you. Come in. If that's on your heart, make this prayer your prayer. Lord Jesus, come. Enter my life in a new and fresh way. Change me. Forgive me. Give me new life. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. I want all of you, Lord, for all of me so that I can be your son, your daughter, and live for you and follow you all the days of my life. I praise you and I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his goodness. We're going to stand. We're going to sing praises to his name. And as we do it, if you need prayer for any area of your life, I invite you to use the altar. It's open for you. Some of us will be up front. If you want to be, uh, if you need somebody to pray with you, you come. You pray. He's in this place. He'll meet you where you are and take you to where he is. In Jesus' name. Let's praise his name. If you need, come.